Hi, I'm Gary Bembridge, and this is Tips for Travellers, the global travel destination podcast. Remember, you can find out more by going to my blog and site at tipsfortravellers.com. That's tipsfortravellers.com, where travellers is spelt with two L's the UK way. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about San Francisco and Sal Salito. It's been a lot of years, probably about seven since I'd last been in San Francisco. And other than a week or so holiday here about 10 years ago, all previous trips had been in and out work trips. Then in the space of the last five months, I came here twice, once for work and once for holiday. I had a number of observations which differed based a little bit on where I was staying. So first, when I was staying in town in the financial district, these are the things that really struck me. It was the first time I'd been in the city for five nights, and I was there for various meetings to visit the American Academy of Dermatologists Conference and just kind of went to see kind of what was going on and what was happening. And here's the things that really struck me. The first thing that struck me was the relative quietness. Now, my previous trips were during the internet boom days, and the city now seems much more quiet. It seems much less vibrant than I remember it. Even considering when I was there, there was supposed to be something like 19,000 delegates in town for the conference. The streets, the bars, the restaurants seemed easy to get into. It seemed less throbbing. And I guess the whole Silicon Valley turndown made a really big impact. You did see lots of closing down sales, empty shops, but not on a massive scale. The most noticeable things like the old Virgin Megastore had gone. The second thing that struck me, and maybe it was also the time of year, was hobos and homeless. Now, I do recall this image from before, but there seems to be a lot of hobo and homeless people on the streets in the center. Not that you feel threatened, not that you feel scared, but you do see a lot of them all over the place. More than I feel you see elsewhere, and I'm not sure if this is a heritage of San Francisco's hippie days and bohemian days, and whether it's kind of it's just attracted kind of different kind of people and, and, and whatnot. The third thing that struck me is coffee shops. Now, I know that San Francisco was kind of where a lot of the coffee boom started, and I don't know what the stats show, and it may have been a function of being in the financial district in the center, but I don't think I've ever seen so many coffee shops ever anywhere. There's not only Starbucks after Starbucks after Starbucks, but other chains like Pete's, the coffee bean and tea leaf. Just incredible how many coffee shops there were. The fourth thing is that San Francisco never feels that American, and maybe it's because most of my trips to the U.S. are to the East Coast, you know, New York, New Jersey. But it always strikes me that San Francisco is American, but doesn't feel American uh, this is part of the architecture, it's part of the style, it's the approach, it's the less frantic approach. But it's just very interesting. So some other things that struck me when I then went back uh, a couple of months later on, as a tourist on a holiday was the weather and the microsystem. You know, San Francisco is its own city. It's got an almost bizarre weather system. It seems to bear almost little to do with what's going on even 10 minutes drive down the motorway. It's just really bizarre. The bay kind of sucks in fog. And in summer, it almost completely obscures the Golden Gate Bridge. It seems to hang around for days. And it's always cooler sort of in the city than nearby. And even crossing the bridge into Sausalito, we saw temperatures moving upwards. And we were actually staying in Sausalito. We had some friends in Sausalito. And the strange weather and the fog is something that people seem to talk about all the time. And people also seem to talk a lot about moving to a warmer place. So it was very familiar, a bit like being back in the U.K., 
The sixth thing that struck me was the people. Now, maybe it's a California thing, maybe it's a hangover from the hippie heritage, but people from San Francisco really do seem to be kind of a certain type. They're very chatty, they're very effusive, they're very enthusiastic. But overall, service and detail seems lacking. They, they seem to be very friendly, and they seem to focus more on being friendly than worrying about service. It's kind of more about chatting and, and interacting. So it's just kind of like a style thing rather than a criticism. It's just an observation. The seventh thing that struck me was beauty from the other side. Now, most visits to San Francisco entail, or have for me certainly, entailed staying and being in the city. And most that people probably venture to is perhaps walking across the very long Golden Great Bridge to the viewing area. Now, some may venture to Napa, but staying or visiting Sausalito on the other side of the bridge, I realize, is an absolute must. You get stunning, stunning views across the bay to the city. You get great views of the Golden Gate Bridge. And you also get a very quirky and laid-back town. So I'm going to talk about that in a little bit more detail. It's very easy to go on the ferry. And I, and I really want to talk a little about Sausalito. For me, it was quite, quite a revelation. But before I do that, let me talk about kind of the things to do for me in San Francisco. Visit Alcatraz. And I'm going to talk more about Alcatraz because I was just blown away by Alcatraz. I thought it was just an incredible place to visit. So that would be one thing you must do, must, must, must do. And I've been to San Francisco many times and never done it, and I'd put it an absolute must do. The other thing is to cycle and walk or walk over the Golden Gate Bridge. It's best to cycle because you can freewheel down into Sausalito. So you can do it as one kind of house and you can get the ferry back. So you can either get the ferry to or from Sausalito and explore the shops at the ferry building that the ferry goes to. And I'll talk about that in a, in a, bit, in a bit more detail, but it, the ferry building is fantastic. You've got to go and visit the huge impressive Golden Gate Park with the Japanese gardens. You've got to go to the Castro. I'm going to talk about that. You've got to get a tram, which I had never done before. And of course, as I always do, you've got to do the open air bus tour. Let me talk a little bit about Sausalito. As I mentioned, you know, having been to San Francisco, you know, I worried it would just be too work-like. So what we decided to do is to stay at Sausalito which is just the other side of the, the magnificent Golden Gate Bridge. And I'm pleased that we did, because not only do you get those incredible views that I mentioned about, but it's a smaller, it's a very buzzy town. It's got great places to eat and very diverse galleries and art shops. Sausalito, it's across the bay from the city, and it, and it looks back across the stretch of water, across the famous Alcatraz prison island to the city. It's a stunning view, especially in the morning when the fog kind of clings to the bridge and over the city. It's very easy to get to by ferry from either Fisherman's Wharf or from the ferry station. It's a popular commuter ferry because Sausalito is a beautiful alternative to living in the city. The ferry in the daytime, especially in summer, it's full of tourists with bikes, as the bike hire shops encourage you to cycle over the bridge, freewheel down into the town, and get the ferry back. Now, the ferry to and from San Francisco to Sausalito leaves from the ferry building. This is really worth a visit, even if you don't go on the ferry. It's a very beautiful and imposing building. And it's been restored and it's got really interesting and very varied kind of shop stores. They mostly sell food and it ranges from cheese shops, bread shops, ice cream shops, coffee shops. The ferry building itself, it's buzzing, it's very vibrant. You can get to and from the ferry building uh, around the town on the very old Muni cable cars. These are from the 1940s. They've been restored. They're really rattling and they're really creaky, but they're fun. They're very frequent and they're popular. And they only cost $2 a ride. There's also a bus service that takes 40 minutes to the very center of the city. But it's just great. It's just really, really great. 
In terms of where to stay in Sausalito, there's a number of hotels in the town near the water. And we stayed at the base of the Golden Gate Bridge in a hotel called Cavallo Point. It used to be an army base, got a very long history. The hotel hasn't been open that long, um, and it's fine. It's great. It's, it's kind of a bit quirky, and it was fine. Now, the town itself, there's a very long main road. It's got coffee shops, it's got restaurants, it's got souvenir shops and art galleries. And there's some really quirky sea-related shops selling model ships and things like that. The marine itself has lots of small sailing boats. It has some very large, impressive yachts, which clearly cost a lot of money. And houses and apartments cling all the way up the very steep hill behind the main street. And the main street, after, you know, it's got lots of twisting roads. The houses are very pretty and they're very stylish. And the, the town's got a slightly sort of hippie feel, but it's, it's clearly got a bit of money. It's a bit sophisticated. It's, it's, really, it's really, really nice. So there's a feeling of restfulness. It's a great alternative to stay in the city. It's got lots of charms. It's an easy place to relax in. And it's really, really fast to get into the city. It's just, it's, it really is quite, quite, quite something. The other place to go that I mentioned earlier was Castro Street. Now, Castro Street, it's the gay center of San Francisco. It probably was the gay center for the world for quite a long time. And it's one of the places, San Francisco was one of the early places very open to gay rights, people being more openly gay. Harvey Milk was the first openly gay man elected to public office. And he was actually assassinated, you know, but his impact was was huge and his name is still all over and his image is used a lot on the Castro. Over the years I've visited Castro Street, I've had very different views and this time, you know, it did before feel almost depressing. It, it felt a bit like a time warp and it felt a bit like the whole gay community was stuck in a ghetto um, with only shops and services for the gay community and kind of life had moved on and, and the community kind of just stagnated. When I went back there, it, it really felt, it had changed. It felt brighter, it felt more sophisticated. There was, a, there was like a real atmosphere. It was very vibrant. But it does still feel a bit like a cast back. It does feel a bit like the 70s. It does feel a bit like the 80s. But it really was a lot of fun. It's got a lot of energy. It's got a lot of buzz. It's very vibrant. And it really is quite fun. Although you probably need to be a little bit careful who you take there because there are still pawn shops with some rather saucy... Uh, posters in. So that's Castro Street. The other thing I mentioned was Alcatraz. Now, Alcatraz is an absolute must. I mentioned I'd been there a few times to San Francisco and hadn't got to Alcatraz, but it really, really was quite, quite something. Now, Alcatraz is the prison. It's an island in the bay, and it's the home of the infamous high security jail, and it's been subject of many films and books. It's fascinating, it's very well organized, and it's very thought-provoking. It's very, very popular. So you need to plan a trip in advance, especially if you're already in the city for a short while. But definitely worth planning to go. Alcatraz celebrated its 75th anniversary of becoming a civil prison in August 2009. It dates back a very long time. It was used as a military prison. And the facility itself closed as an operating prison in 1963 because it just became far too costly to maintain as the buildings were very dated, they lacked modern plumbing and the such like. It was renowned for being a very harsh and very tough place. And after visiting and seeing the tiny cells and the gloominess of the place, you know, it, it just was, was quite, quite dire. Now, some of the image is also driven by the fact that almost no visitors were allowed to the island to see prisoners. And if they were, they were peered at through tiny windows of thick glass. Alcatraz is also famous for the stories of some of, of its inmates, like the famous ga gangster Al Capone. He was actually sent to the island on a prison train from miles away that was then put on a barge and sailed to the island. 
and also a very dangerous criminal known as the Birdman of Alcatraz. Although in reality, as we discovered, the studies um, of him keeping birds was actually at his previous prison. The prison is also infamous for the stories of escapes and escaped attempts, but only three people ever escaped from the prison and have never been found, although it's, it's, it's highly likely that they drowned. They'd buried into a service passage which ran behind each of their cells, and they managed to make a pl plaster of fake heads complete with hair to fool the guards into thinking they were sleeping. There'd also been a vicious battle at one time where guards were shot and killed after being locked in a cell, and this led to a two-day battle where Marines were called in and the leader was shot and two others sentenced to death. After the prison closed in 1963, it lay empty and crumbling, and it was occupied for all time by Native American tribes as protests for one time almost for two years. It then became a national park and it's open to tourists. There's one, way, one main way to get to the island, and that's through the Alcatraz Cruise Company that runs the ferry around every 30 minutes from Pier 33. As I mentioned earlier, it's essential you book in advance. It's easy to do, to do online, and it's often sold out in advance. And the site's called alcatrazcruises.com. They do offer some tours, but the most popular is to get the ferry and look around yourself. And after docking, after a short 50-minute or so ride, around about one and a half miles, you're given a short briefing reminding you it's a national park run by the federal government, and then it's up to you. There's a lot of walking up a very steep hill, the equivalent of 13 stories, so you need to be prepared. There's a limited golf cart um, that does take some people up. Um, but what to see? Well, there's leaflets. It's a small donation of about a dollar that explains the island. But there's three critical things. There's an audio-visual presentation about the history of the island. You stroll around the island, and then there's an audio tour. The audio tour is free. It's around the main cell block, and it's excellent. It's narrated by former guards, former prisoners, and some people who lived as children of guards on the island. It's really, really fascinating. It walks you around the cell blocks, the dining room, the library, the old guard rooms, and some of the outside. It tells the, the routine, how the isolation areas work, the dining room, escaped attempts, and so on. It's quite chilling looking at it and imagining the hundreds of men locked in these tiny cells, some for 24 hours a day. It's a very grim place. It's very imposing, and it's really, really fascinating. So there you are. That's my tips for travelers visiting San Francisco. Very diverse, very interesting. And to find out more, if you visit my site at tipsfortravelers.com, you'll find more details and some videos. So that's all for now, and hope you have safe travels. Until next time.